and welcome to episode two of the Lore Library, where you and I crack open some metaphorical books to learn about the awesome champions that we fight with in League of Legends. Now, last episode we talked about Maokai the Twisted Treant. That's the massive tree that hates magic and humans, loves vengeance, and can turn the blood of infants into bombs. You can catch up on his awesome lore by downloading the episode through iTunes or on our website, GameDiplomat.com. Now this week, we're looking at the shortest tinkerer with the craziest hair and the deadliest turrets in all the land. That's Heimerdinger, of course. Now, as you may or may not know, Heimerdinger is currently in the process of getting a visual update, awesome, and some revised lore. Which is funny, because Riot did the exact same thing with Maokai right after the last episode, which we talked about him. I apparently have terrible luck at picking champions for this show. <laughs> but... What we're going to do is stick to the classic Heimerdinger lore on this episode, because there's a lot of it, and it's awesome. Then, once the new lore is fully fleshed out and released, we'll do a follow-up episode that looks at how they revised it and what they changed for both Heimerdinger and Maokai, so we're all caught up. Alright, enough chatting, let's get into it. Yes, yes, hurry, I have important work to get back to. Let's look at the stats first. Heimerdinger, the revered inventor, was champion number 39, he was released in October 2009. That was almost five years ago now. Crazy. And the designer was Colt Ezreal Hallam. He's a Yordle, which may surprise you, but he's a Yordle underneath that mop of hair. <laughs> His age isn't determined specifically, but he's likely at least middle-aged, since he's already formed two separate established institutions, and when the League was first formed at the very beginning of the lore, he was already a well-known inventor at that time. So his profession, obviously, inventor and entrepreneur. His city-state is Piltover, which is Caitlin. It's kind of the Hextech, kind of a steampunky type city. His strengths are he's a master of technology. He has inventions for everything. And his weakness has to be physical, right? He's just physically weak, and he has no innate magical powers. All of his powers are technology. And what did you expect from such a substandard intelligence? Let's take a look at Heimerdinger's origin story. Heimerdinger was born in Bandal City, the capital of Yordleland. Now, that's not just a flippant word that I'm throwing out there. Yordleland is actually the official name of the Mountendoft Coastal Strip on the southeast corner of Runeterra's main continent, where unsurprisingly most Yordles live. Yordles, for those that don't know, are a race of small animal Oompa Loompa style humanoids. They're roughly three feet tall and they enjoy socializing and pranks. They excel at creating complex tools and mechanisms and require constant socialization with other friendly individuals, preferably Yordles. So Heimer Dinger grew up in Bandal City, but he quickly piqued his academic prowess there. He acquired four doctorates before realizing that he was the smartest Yordle in the entire city, and he felt that he really needed to move to continue his education at that point. So he set his eyes on Piltover, the so-called City of Progress, which is on the almost complete opposite side of the map from Yordleland. It's the city most well-known for having uh, the best academies and scientists in the world without being evil, because <laughs> there's, there's Noxus and there's... Zwan, but both of those are known for being filled with kind of jerks. <laughs> so, uh, Piltover is the good version of that. It seemed like a perfect fit for the good-natured Heimerdinger aspiring for challenge. But, and this is interesting, Heimerdinger, and this is a quote, knew he would never thrive away from his own kind. So he recruited other like-minded yordles to travel with him to Piltover and establish an academy there. 
Among them was Corky. That's the ship-flying, vehicle-engineering yordle that is also a champion in League of Legends. And, as a side note, he's also one of the few champions to compete Heimerdinger's claim on having the wackiest facial hair, if you ask me. But in Piltover, Heimerdinger and crew established the Yordle Academy of Science and Progress to host their research and testing facilities. Now, despite its name, the Academy welcomed all races into its ranks, not just Yordles, although the core of the Academy was initially the Yordles that Heimerdinger brought with him. Now, thanks to their amazing inventions and interactions with everyone else in the city, the institution quickly became one of the best techmaturgical institutions in the world. Tecma what? All right. Tecmaturgical. <laughs> it's a made-up word that basically describes an area of research and construction that combines technology and magic in the world of League of Legends, usually by creating technology that can interact with or control magical elements. Almost all of Piltover is built on this technology, and it achieves kind of that steampunk-style aesthetic, like Caitlyn's rifle and Caitlyn's hat that she has. Caitlyn's kind of the quintessential uh, Vi's big uh, fist that she has. Those characters are both from Piltover as well. An easy example is that Heimerdinger has no magical powers, but he built a device called the Doom Machine, D-O-O-M Machine. <laughs> the device is based in technology and science, but it's capable of draining magical en energy out of its environment. It's science and magic working together, right? So that's what techmaturgical is. Heimerdinger, though, is not a bureaucrat. So while he's still the leader of the academy, and he, he does insist on being present at the start of every year to welcome new students that come to the academy, he's formed a secondary company with his friend Corky. It's called Piltover Customs for side projects, and this is what he's kind of really excited about. Piltover Customs was built to give Corky and Heimerdinger a place to focus specifically on researching techmaturgical vehicles. At some point, Heimerdinger began experimenting on himself, which rarely goes well, right? <laughs> it's just a bad sign for your mental sanity in the future. He was successful in allowing himself to use a much bigger portion of his brain. Way to go, Heimerdinger, you did it. But the procedure that he did had the side effect of massively increasing the size of his brain, disfiguring his head to that horrible shape that you see in-game now. Now, even without the procedure, it's likely the Heimerdinger was still the smartest member in the entire league, and possibly the entire world, because, in theory, the smartest and the strongest of the people in the world are in the league. But after this procedure, there is absolutely no doubt that Heimerdinger is the smartest person in the entire world. For great science, the cosine of your root, divided by... So why does Heimerdinger fight in the league at all? Why doesn't he just, you know, stay in his academy, keep building stuff, be a great inventor, do that sort of thing? Now, like his Piltover custom skin, which depicts <laughs> Heimerdinger with a nice 70s style aesthetic and tie-dye bandana... Heimerdinger is a little bit of a hippie. He strongly believes that the current state of Valoran, that's the continent that League of Legends takes place on in the world of Runeterra, where city-states all battle with one another, is completely unacceptable. He thinks that peace should prevail. It's just a better state of the world, in his opinion. So, he, always, he also strongly believes that technology is what will bring peace to the world. A, quote, hefty portion of his academy's budget is dedicated to the Rune Terran Regeneration Project, which investigates ways to preserve and regenerate the natural magics of the world, 
including the parts that were thought lost forever during the Rune War. He's finding ways to regenerate that and make it better. He's a tree hugger, right? But Heimerdinger can't just sit around and watch the world suffer while technology progresses. He's putting a lot of his time into generating the technology that he thinks will save the world. But in the meantime, he's decided to jump into the League and try and help the w end the wars a little more directly. I theorize your defeat! So let's look at who Heimerdinger fights for, right? Let's look at let's take a look at his friends. He has two main friends. First up, Corky, who we already mentioned. This is Heimerdinger's only known lifelong friend. Corky is also a colleague and a business partner. They grew up together, traveled to Piltover together, and established the academy and a workshop together. Corky is the head mechanic of their Pilt Piltover Customs workshop, while Heimerdinger is likely more involved in the designs and the theories behind how the stuff is built. Corky is kind of in charge of actually building it. Corky did say in an interview that he turns to Heimerdinger, quote, for his tougher assignments, which seems to indicate that Heimerdinger is still the smarter of the two, even though they work together constantly. Together, they created the ship that Corky flies in the League, which is known as the Reconnaissance Operations Frontline Copter. Uh, if you break down that <laughs> acronym, it is clearly the Raffle Copter. His second friend, though, is Ziggs. And Ziggs is a new friend of Heimerdinger's. Ziggs is significantly younger than Heimerdinger. They didn't move over uh, to Piltover at the same time. Zig grew up after him. And Ziggs grew up with stories of Heimerdinger's fabled academy in the north. And it was constantly driving his aspirations. He heard about this wonderful academy in the far land of Piltover, run by Yordles, where the, only the smartest Yordles could go, and Ziggs really wanted to go. Ziggs, sadly, was initially rejected by some leaders of the academy, possibly including Heimerdinger. They don't say him by name, but it kind of makes sense that Heimerdinger, if he's so involved with the new recruits, would probably be a part of this process that decides who gets to come. When Ziggs, <laughs> he was presenting an engine uh, that was supposedly some cool new engine. I don't remember what it does, um, but it exploded during his presentation to the group which typically does serve to upset your application process when it exploded and destroyed an entire classroom. They weren't impressed. And at the time, it wasn't meant to explode, like most of Zig's things now. But when the professors were kidnapped by Zwan invaders, Ziggs embraced the explosive side of his experiments and raided the prison with bombs and was able to take out all the Zahn guards and free the academic leaders. After that, Heimerdinger personally invited Ziggs to join the academy. And ever since then, Ziggs has worked, at least in part, alongside Heimerdinger as a colleague. This is a dream come true for Ziggs, because he grew up wanting to be exactly like the legendary Yordle inventor that everybody in Bandle City talked about, Heimerdinger. And now he's working alongside him. So Heimerdinger even has a quote about Ziggs. He said, and please forgive my horrible attempt to do a Heimerdinger accent, uh, Ziggs, unpredictable, dangerous, yes, yes, but quite brilliant. And hey, if the smartest person in the entire world calls you brilliant, that's a pretty darn good compliment. Hmm, very interesting. I concur. Let's take a look at his allies. Heimerdinger has many unnamed and non-league allies within, obviously, the academic and scientific communities. Everyone at his academy is probably considered an ally. Every kind of inventor in this city or many other cities are kind of his allies. They've probably worked together on projects or respect each other. 
and he's also earned allies within the League, who come to him for help developing tools or weapons to help them, uh, like Corky's ship that he uses. First one is Master Yi. When the League had first formed, Master Yi fought to defend his homeland, Ionia, from Noxus invasion. It's not really clear how he came in touch with Heimerdinger at the time, but Heimerdinger created a customized pair of goggles for Master Yi and gave them to him as a gift. Now these are dubbed the Seven Lenses of Insight, and you can see it on Master Yi's artwork. Anywhere you go, it's going to have seven lenses on it. Like, um, and these are techmaturgical, remember we know this word, goggles, that are designed specifically for Master Yi and won't function for anybody else. They allow Master Yi to see beyond the normal spectrums that humans see, and also have massive zoom capabilities so he can zoom in really far in really close on people to, um, to see what they're doing, even more than binoculars and telescopes. Lux is also considered an ally. Although they have little recorded interaction that we can see, Lux did speak out publicly in favor of Heimendinger after one of his experiments exploded in Damasia, <laughs> which was kind of unfortunate. <laughs> Heimendinger, you know, Ziggs is maybe rubbing off on him a little bit. Um, Lux said that Heimerdinger will always be welcomed in the city. So that's a pretty bold kind of endorsement. Um, the other two allies, potential allies, are Blitzcrank and Victor. Now, there's no official mention of Heimerdinger e ever meeting either of these characters, but Blitzcrank is the height of techmaturgical achievements, right? It's a true sentient being created only from technology and magic. I have no doubt saying that Heimerdinger would love to meet him, tinker with him, and talk about everything that's going on. If they met, they would be great allies. And... He'd probably also like to meet the genius who created him, Victor. Now, Heimerdinger would have gotten along great with the young, idealistic Victor that created Heimerdinger. Um, but probably not so much with the current jaded, obsessive, willing to kill anything to achieve robot supremacy Victor. Uh, they, he would clash a little bit there, but the early Victor and Heimerdinger would have been great allies. I could help you do that better. As for mentors... As the most intelligent being in the world, as we've already said, Heimerdinger, I'd say, has probably grown beyond looking for mentors. But he does have loyalties, right? He's loyal to the Yordle Academy of Science and Progress. That's the Techmaturgical Research Academy that he founded in Piltover. He's loyal to Piltover Customs, the vehicle workshop he co-founded with Corky in Piltover also. So, as you can guess, he's probably also loyal to Piltover City. This is where he's currently living, and the one he probably likely feels most attached to at this point. This is where he's invested most of his time, where he's achieved his greatest things, and where he's currently living. Uh, he's still loyal, I'm sure, to Bandle City. That's where most of the Yordles are, and it's clear that he still feels very strongly attached to Yordles as a whole, and most of the technology and military aid that Bandle City receives um, from Piltover, which they do mention happens a lot, likely comes as a direct result of Heimertinger's influence in that city. I'm sure, I highly doubt the Piltover City on its own is like, yeah, let's go help the farthest country away from us with a race that we have no involvement with. I'm sure Heimertinger is influencing that. The two that might surprise you that he's loyal to is Demacia. He's only been a temporary resident of Demacia, but he has worked there and, and, and he's shown concern for the well-being of its citizens. I mentioned that he accidentally caused a large explosion in Demacia in his workshop there, and he did a lot of work after that to help clean up, make sure everyone was safe, and kind of show his, his sincerity. Um, the, and the other one is Ionia. 
This one is probably more assumptive on my part, so take it with a grain of salt, but he did help Master Yi defend Ionia with his gift. Master Yi's only intention was to save his city, and Heimerdinger built that gift to help him save his city. And he has expressed a strong desire for peace, which will only result if Ionia wins the war with Noxus. If Noxus defeats Ionia, Noxus will just keep causing war. If Ionia wins, it'll bring peace. So it seems likely that Heimerdinger would want to support Ionia in that cause. Order, entropy, a never-ending cycle. But not everyone loves Heimerdinger, and Heimerdinger doesn't get along with everybody. So let's take a look at his first rival, and this one will probably surprise you because it's a fellow Yordle. It's Rumble. As a staunch patriot and racist, completely racist, Rumble believes that Heimerdinger is a sellout who's giving away superior Yordle technology and inventions to humans who don't deserve it, when it should be kept only for Yordles, in Rumble's mind. He first confronted Heimerdinger by mailing him a message device that transmitted his hateful speech to everybody in the entire academy. Heimerdinger did not retaliate to it, but he did insist that the academy is for everyone of any race, not just Yordles. After that event, and a violent confrontation with some humans from the academy, who were visiting Yordle City, Rumble created his massive machine, which he rides around in League of Legends. You know, that kind of mech warrior thing that he rides on? He announced that he would fight in the League to prove that Yordle technology was superior when it was developed outside the corrupting and suppressive influence of humans up in Piltover City. So he wanted to prove that his inventions were better than Heimerdinger's because his were pure. Um, if this is starting to creep you out, it should, because <laughs> Rumble is a bad dude. And I didn't realize that until I started researching this. He seems like a cute guy, right, in a machine? But Rumble's continued aggression seems to have gotten under Heimerdinger's skin eventually. Because during Rumble's initiation into the League, Heimerdinger prodded him and even commented at one point because the League watches, right? The heads of the League watch as initiates into the League would kind of have to struggle and try and prove their worth. Heimerdinger was watching and he poked him with, this is a quote, the probability of your continued existence is rapidly approaching zero. And in case you missed it, that is a giant science burn. Uh, <laughs> I just love the way he says that. Heimerdinger doesn't have official enemies recorded, right? But he would, in theory, hate anyone that creates war and violence just for the sake of war and violence. He'd likely not get along with any from, from no anyone from Noxus, even though he would have to begrudgingly respect the intelligence of someone like Singed, who's a mad chemist, who kills tons of people but is brilliant, right? He'd think that they were wasting their intelligence, though. To Heimerdinger, science and intelligence should be used to make the world a better place, not kill innocents or gain power. Specifically, Heimerdinger would likely have trouble getting along with Dr. Mundo, Singed, or Victor, who are all brilliant scientists who use their genius to create death and suffering, with little to no remorse. In addition, Piltover and Zahn have a long-standing rivalry. As the two city-states focused on developing technology and magic hybrids, they kind of compete naturally, right? And while Piltover tries to be ecological and moral, they're kind of the pie-in-the-sky city, Zahn has no constraints. It's the dirty industrialist, anything goes, if you can pay for it, you can do it, sort of technology city. 
and he would likely be suspicious, at the very least, of anyone from Zaun. Back, you dirty ape! Back! <laughs> oh man, I love that quote from him. It's so good. Alright, so Heimerdinger's kit fits his personality perfectly. He's a DPS pusher who hides behind his inventions, letting them handle the bulk of the combat, and pushes the lane from a safe distance. Because, let's be honest, he's too weak to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anyone. When he does get into the fray, however, he has all manner of weird gizmos to unleash on his opponent to hurt them or cripple them. So up first, Techmaturgical Repair Bots. His passive ability is brilliant. Although you can't see them in-game, Heimerdinger's created tiny robots that fly around healing himself and his inventions and allies near him. Fits his lore perfectly, right? Peace, helping people, technology everywhere. His first ability, Q, is the H28G Evolution Turret. Heimerdinger can throw down small mechanical turrets that shoot nearby enemies. Which sounds exactly like something he'd do, right? It's a little sad that the world's greatest inventor can only build three turrets at a time, and that his best designs have them automatically shut down when he's not standing close to them, but those are understandable balance limitations, right? Lore-wise, this gives Heimerdinger the perfect hide-on-the-back-lines approach to combat that fits his personality. He doesn't want to fight you, he wants his machines to speak for themselves. His W is Hextech's Micro Rockets, a belt that shoots rockets out of it. Goofy, effective, surprising. <laughs> it's just like Heimerdinger. His E is CH1 Electron Storm Grenade, a lightning-infused magical grenade, that's magic and technology, together, techmaturgical, that detonates and stuns nearby enemies when it lands. It's the perfect example of magic and technology working together, right? This is exactly the sort of weapon you'd expect a master of techmaturgy to create. I've probably said that word ten different times already this podcast, so just pick any one of the ones that I say and use that. His final ultimate ability is Upgrade, with three exclamation points at the end. And while the use of three exclamation points may seem a bit excessive to simple humans like you or I, it probably does represent how an excitable yordle would shout it when finally discovering a way to improve on their design, right? Heimerdinger lives to improve on technology and discover new things. And when he finally discovers something great, he's not going to shout it with one exclamation point. That little yordle's going to shout it with three. Now, Upgrade as an ability fits in perfectly with his personality. He's a tinkerer that's never satisfied with the current design of his inventions. In one quote, he even says that there is always something to improve on his inventions, which fits in perfectly since he's constantly upgrading during games. Now, this showcases that perfectly, and while it also allows him to throw in some truly amazing and flashy inventions on the battlefield, it lets him show off his intelligence but on a long cooldown so it doesn't upset the balance. Because in theory, Heimerdinger should have the coolest technology in the entire league. But if he had it, every single time he used an ability, he'd be ridiculously overpowered. So this keeps it in check, but still lets him occasionally show, hey, I have the coolest technology around. Eureka! Eureka! So let's take a look at some of his other special accomplishments, right? Heimerdinger obviously founded the Yordle Academy of Science and Progress, which we've said a bunch, and that's one of the leading scientific institutions in the world right now. And he's produced the most exciting inventions in the league, including star rods, which emit light all over Piltover, acting as street lamps, essentially, for free, no charge. 
and the aforementioned Drain Out of Mana Machine, the Doom Machine. <laughs> That's the machine that can absorb mana from its surrounding environments. And the Piltover Rescue Bot, which is commonly used by rescue teams and has saved the life of at least one person in a scenario that was recorded in the Journal of Justice, the League of Legends newspaper. And it's likely saved many more that just haven't been put up there. And other accomplishments we haven't mentioned... He inspired imitation hairdos for harrowing costumes among the people of Runeterra. They described it, which the harrowing is the Halloween, right? Uh, a lot of people were wearing Heimerdinger hair as they were going around doing uh, Halloween events inside the world of League of Legends in the lore. And he accidentally blew up his experiment outside Damasia, as we mentioned, which created a massive crater in the main road, which is an accomplishment. People will remember him for it, even if it's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> and now you know Heimerdinger's creepy laugh. Now, I want to play a Diablo Dark Spore style action RPG with LOL's champions that has a campaign for each champion that tells a story in their world before it ties into the larger story of a shared campaign. That game doesn't exist right now, but it doesn't stop me from dreaming. Now, here's how I think Heimerdinger's lore could be turned into a cool starting mission. You start in Heimerdinger's personal research lab in Piltover Customs, right? Picture this. And you have to solve a puzzle that completes his latest experiment, a new re renewing energy shield for Piltover guards. You head out through the shop and meet with Corky and some other mechanics working on vehicles, and including a new version of Corky's ship, right? You get to see them. Oh, cool, they're working on a new version. Outside the workshop, some guards are under attack by Zahn spies who are trying to steal technology from the Yordle Academy. You help the guards take down and capture the spies using the new shield. Um, and the spies tell you they were supposed to steal Zig's new bigger, biggest bomb from the academy. You rush over to the academy and find the welcoming ceremony in disarray as Ziggs is hurling bombs at spies all over the lecture hall. You help Ziggs take out the bad guys while protecting the new students who are just trying to make it through orientation alive. You use your own tools and you can pick up a special one-time use gadgets and gizmos from the labs that are Heimerdinger's things that he's invented as you run through and make it out alive. In the end, you recover the stolen bomb and Zig's research and you come up with a new idea for an invention. And at the end of the mission, you deliver a welcome speech to the charred, disoriented freshman class of the academy. Bam, there you go. That's what I want to play for Heimerdinger's starting <laughs> story. And I think that's kind of a cool way to work in all the lore about how he teams up with all these people and is focused on the Academy and that sort of stuff. But even more interesting than that, I think, is the real-life lore of Heimerdinger. I got to talk with uh, Colt, who's uh, Ezreal, uh, on the design team, who was the original creator of Heimerdinger. And he told me a lot of cool backstory about him. Now, Heimerdinger is kind of the default inventor for the design team. If something exists in the game and it doesn't have an inventor, it's likely that Heimerdinger built it. <laughs> so Grave Shotgun was talked about being Heimerdinger's inventor for a while on the design team. Although it was never explicitly decided to say, yes, Heimerdinger built this, they all kind of assumed that Heimerdinger built that. Heimerdinger, from the very beginning, was always a Yordle. Yordles each tend to be a specific type of crazy. Right, this is how Colt described it to her as real. Um, Colt said, Heimerdinger is the eccentric inventor crazy, based a lot on Einstein, right? He's crazy in a smart, eccentric sort of way, not a mad scientist that you're scared of. Heimerdinger's first test was one of Colt's all-time favorites. Um, he said the code had been made wrong. 
so that instead of being capped at five total turrets, which was the limit at the time, it was unlimited. Heimerdinger could build as many turrets as he wanted. <laughs> so he was testing a 1v1 Heimerdinger in mid lane. So Heimerdinger versus Heimerdinger in mid lane. And Colt described it like trench warfare. He said, and I quote here, there were hundreds and hundreds of them. The game lasted over an hour as they'd fight inch by inch to take land, right? Just by building turrets and crawling forward. Use the grenades to take out turrets. But then there would be more turrets right behind it. Heimerdinger's kit concept, the concept for it, came out of Colt thinking of what makes defenders and engineers fun in other games, like Team Fortress Classic, which Colt specifically mentioned. They, in his opinion, they hold a point, they bunker down, and they never let anybody buy. Well, as it turns out, <laughs> that's not very much fun for teammates in the enemy team. <laughs> Just being able to sit down and never be moved, right? It's not very fun. So that's what he discovered in early, in early games, especially back when Heimerdinger's grenade could deal damage to towers from outside their maximum range. So Heimerdinger could ju literally just sit in a lane defensively and siege down the enemy tower without ever getting in danger, which Colt realized really quickly wasn't nearly as fun. Originally, turrets individually were upgradable, right? This is another really interesting thing that Colt told me. You could have three, or you could upgrade one turret three times. The trouble was turrets were getting stronger every time they fired, right? So the way it was set up was their first shot would not be very strong. And then their second shot, stronger, third, stronger, stronger. They'd get stronger every time they fired. So that players eventually would only nurse one turret, and it would just get way too powerful. Upgrade it three times, let it shoot a bazillion times, and oh my god, you it's as strong as a real turret, right? He never said that, so I don't think it was as strong as a real turret, but you get the idea. It's just not very fun for the enemy, and it kept Heimerdinger too restricted in movement. He could never leave that spot, because <laughs> if he did, he had no power. So one thing that did not change, however, at all, during uh, the entire development process was rockets coming out of his hair, <laughs> which Colt liked because it's similar to Inspector Gadget, right? It's fun. Inspector Gadget is a cool cartoon where rockets would shoot out of the guy's hat, so the rockets always shot out of Heimerdinger's hair. It's just fun. Rockets and grenades were always a part of his kit. Even since the very first paper version that Colt wrote down, rockets and grenades were always there. And one of Heimerdinger's most iconic aspects, his run, was actually made by Colt personally. And this was the best tidbit that uh, he shared with me. At the time, their animations were outsourced to another company. Uh, right? When they needed to make a new champion, another company built the animations for him. So to kind of show that company what he wanted, he filmed himself running around with the, and I quote, this is Colt's word, derpy Heimer run, <laughs> and he sent them to get made. So that walk, and I, I asked them, I asked Colt this afterwards, that walk the Heimer Dinger does is literally exactly what Colt did in the video. He said it's spot on exactly what Heimer Dinger runs. That's how Colt ran in the video. Um... I would just love to see that video because Heimerdinger runs like crazy. And just to see someone really do it would be really fun. But all right, a new section to this episode, because we're all, we're all done with Heimerdinger, that's the inventor. But a new section being added here is we've got a community question, which I think is really cool. Nathan wrote in to ask, he says, my three-person team, and he calls them the White Collar Brawlers, which is an awesome name, usually prefers a team composition of Jace, Wukong, and Mundo. 
and he asks, would these three champions actually ally together in the Twisted Tree line, or do they fight for opposite sides and we are a, quote, lore disaster comp? <laughs> if so, who's going to get replaced on the team? My gut tells me Mundo, but our, our initiation wouldn't be the same without flying briefcases. And Nathan, while I can definitely hear you on the flying briefcases part, I've got bad news for you, buddy. <laughs> well, alright, first, Jace and Wukong are both pretty straightforward. Jace is a brilliant inventor from Piltover with a very strong moral compass. Wukong is a supercharged monkey whose only desire really is to defeat enemies in combat to prove his strength. But his interaction with Master Yi in his, in his origin story implies that Wukong has honor and he approaches others with humility rather than aggression. He's not wild trying to fight everybody. Um, that means he'd probably get along with almost anyone. So Jason Wukong can be BFFs on Twisted Tree Line, no problem. Jason Mundo, however, is actually a pretty big problem, as you kind of expected. Dr. Mundo is a psychopath serial killer who loves to inflict pain and sacrifices humans to his experiments without batting an eye. In Jace's lore, however, Jace single-handedly assaulted the entire city of Zaun because he was concerned that Victor had the power to hurt people with his experiments. If he felt that strongly about Victor, who isn't really evil, he's just kind of willing to make sacrifices for what he sees as the greater good, there's no way Jace would be able to stand working alongside Dr. Mundo, a serial killer psychopath. On top of that, when Jace assaulted Victor's lab in Zahn, he blew the entire thing up to stop his research, which made him a major enemy to the entire city-state of Zahn, which is Mundo's hometown. <laughs> now, there's nothing in Mundo's lore to really indicate that Mundo cares about anyone else other than himself, um, even his hometown. But I'm pretty sure that at least somebody would either have leverage or kind of a friendship, quote-unquote, with Mundo, that he would, or have the money, there you go, to be able to convince Mundo to kill Jace if they knew he was hanging out with him in Twisted Tree Line. So bottom line, Nathan, watch your back out there. Mundo is probably going to be throwing a cleaver at Jace's head pretty soon. But hey, if you need a replacement, Piltover City, genius inventor, good moral compass... That sounds a lot like Heimerdinger. He might be a great addition to that team, at least lore-wise. So, I think that about wraps it up for our second episode and our look at Heimerdinger, the revered inventor, or as I like to call him, that weird guy with the big hair and so many turrets. I hope you enjoyed getting insight into this wacky little yord, and I wanted to again say thanks um, to Colt Hallam, Ezreal, the designer at Riot, who took the time to talk with us about Heimerdinger's development cycle and kind of the background and history of kind of how he was made. It's really interesting to get that uh, hindsight, and it, I think it does kind of add to the lore to know kind of which parts are so important to him. So thanks again, Colt. We really appreciate that. Um, you can find full show notes for this episode, along with some screens of the champion and all the other fun podcasts I do over at my website, GameDiplomat.com. You can also find Maokai's lore there, the previous episode. Just click on Lore Library at the top of GameDiplomat.com. You'll see all the shows. You can also leave your feedback there, or contact me directly on Twitter, at JAugustine. I would love to hear what you think of the show, how you think it could be improved, I would love to hear your lore questions that I could answer on future episodes and what champions you want to see talked about in the future. I've already got some ideas I kind of like. I'm leaning towards maybe Shaco or maybe someone like Akali, kind of, you know, the more dark side of that. But I'd love to hear what champions you want to hear about. 
So thanks again for visiting the Lore Library and joining me for another sophisticated, mature, and hoity-toity chat about the awesome champions in League of Legends. Please sign out any books you take with you, try not to trip over any yordles on your way out, and keep having fun on the fields of justice.